What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to a brand new episode of the MCA Exchange Podcast. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Aaron. Alongside me is Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello. Hey, shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Hope you guys are having a good time. Thank you for joining us here in this episode. Let's get right to the news. It's been a crazy week of MCU news in the past week. Let's go. First up. A huge rumor from Illuminary has emerged where they exclusively revealed that Marvel Studios is developing a Marvel's Illuminati project with Kevin Feige at the producting helm. It is unknown whether this project will be an MCU film or a Disney Plus series. Illuminati. <laughs> okay. It's a secret group of heroes, right? Like um, mm-hmm. in the comics, they're, the members are Iron Man, Black Bolt, Namor, Doctor Strange, Professor X. And like they oversee threats, right? From, um, and back in Endgame, we we kind of saw somewhat a similar, not not the Illuminati, Illuminati, but the similar setup where Black Widow, Rocket, Captain Marvel, and Okoye are there, and War Machine are talking about and the current status of Earth during the snap. Charles, who do you think will coordinate this team, like in the in post Endgame? And the possible Man. members as well. Yeah, it's so hard because you've got, like, Tony Stark's out. Cap is out. Cap was part of the <clears throat> point. He's out. You're kind of left mm-hmm. with Chala, Doctor Strange. And maybe you could put Banner in it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine Banner signing up for something like this, something that shady, especially when he... For the most part, he has seemed to learn from his mistakes from Ultron. The first thing he says mm-hmm. to Tony when he finds out Tony lost Vision is like, you lost another, you know, uh, a robot. So I, I think Bruce is a lot more conscientious of stuff like this. But but then again, the Illuminati in the comics is a group of very, very intelligent beings who, who have, you know, who are, are very, who usually have answers for, you know, whatever problems the world faces. And Bruce definitely could be one of them. Um, I think Captain Marvel could be uh, uh, a member of this in the MCU because mm-hmm. f- simply for her experience in space and and, yeah. and mm-hmm. her all kinds of, of, of species out there, she definitely has that sort of that, that knowledge on how to deal with, with threats from all over the galaxy. So she could be part of that. And I don't know because we don't know what Professor X is gonna look like or gonna be like even we don't know what Reed Richards is gonna be like or or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We don't have Black Bolt, we don't have Namor. So they're definitely gonna have to adjust. I saw some people recommend some characters from the Eternals, which I could see because since they're Eternals, they've been around way longer than any of us. Yeah, so for a they, long time. They definitely have, have that worldly experience. So I could see an eternal on the team. I'm not sure which I saw some recommend um uh, what's your name? Uh, Sam Hayek, Ajax, as part of the as, yeah. a, as a team. Oh, but yeah. for the most part, it's going to be a very, very interesting lineup for sure. And I cannot wait to see how Kevin Feige introduces the team. I personally don't think it's going to be a solo movie because I feel like it's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not as exciting, I guess, because you have a very, very clandestine group of shady, you know, shady characters trying to control world events and I'm not quite sure how that's gonna fit 
as a solo film. Also, the, the solo comic wasn't that amazing to begin with. It was more like, here's what happened. Here's something that happened that you didn't know happened. It's, it's, the comic was basically just them filling blanks of, of, of various moments mm. throughout history. So I'm not quite sure how this is going to work as a movie or as a show, but I am excited that you know this is a very, very likely possibility in the MCU. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting project. Um, moving on to you, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. Same question. Who do you think will lead the Illuminati and, and what, who are the possible members? But another question is, what, how, uh, what event do you think will trigger the formation of this group? Is it during Endgame or, or the staff of Thanos? Or do you think other big event that will be adapted soon to the MCU? I think the biggest challenge, it depends on what exactly the Illuminati are supposed to do in this universe. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, with Iron Man, it was always, he was a bit like Batman in the regard that he was always superstitious and always thought something else was out there. And the Illuminati did get that huge storyline with the other, uh, I think, was it in the Avengers where they, like the, the different dimension Earths were colliding into each other or yeah. it was, it was a really interesting storyline. But, like, that seems a little too early for now. It feels like maybe they're building up to something like that that they can go all in on Secret Wars. It's it's so strange. Part of me is always wondering, it's like, okay, who's going to start it? We don't have Charles Xavier. We don't have Black Bolt. Uh, we don't have Namor. Just like Charles said, we have none of the mainstays. And the ones we did have are dead or gone. So oh, it's yeah. like who's left and i don't think i agree i don't think hulk's gonna be in it uh my theory is is that the illuminati may spin out of the eternals mm. it, it feels like like they build up a bigger threat uh that maybe because you know they're also connected to thanos so there's a certain responsibility for them so they kind of bring together these heroes or these unlikely group of characters that kind of decide where do they move forward or if they start brewing something, like there's some kind of like plot that's being uncovered and we could see this kind of starting off into some kind of storyline. But the question is, is that if, you know, Illuminati, is it a Disney Plus show? Is it a movie? I personally think it should be like a special where yeah. after big events, you have like this Illuminati, because what's the story, you know? I don't think they're going to make a show out of a bunch of superheroes sitting at a desk and discussing what's <laughs> happening in the world, you know? <laughs> like a one-shot, maybe like that. Yes, it, yeah, so I, I can see it like as a special one-shot, like after every major story where they get together and discuss things. It's not a high-budget project. You can still get them together and build up certain storylines and tensions. I mean, I would respect the hell if Kevin Feige just makes the Illuminati to easy say, oh, this is Black Bolt, this is our version of Xavier, okay, X-Men movie's coming, Inhumans is coming, <laughs> just balls to the wall, here are the characters, let's go. It's a weird thing. It's it's a cool project, but at the same time, it works as a co- in comic books, but I don't think it works in film as its own thing. Yeah. I think it would have been interesting to introduce it as like, the like the Avengers are gone, everything went to shit, and the Illuminati are like the secret Avengers type afterwards, and use that as a storyline. But I, I have a hard time trying to figure out what the what they're doing as a, its own project. Yeah, it totally makes sense if they will do a one shot or even a post credit scene, post credit stinger to to, to for for this group because the characters mm-hmm. involved in this group 
are powerhouse like Doctor Strange, uh, Captain Marvel, yeah. like Black Bolt, and like they're they're the leaders of their own respective groups, and kind of makes sense that you saying that it, it's supposed to be a one shot in the future. Moving on to the next news, we have another one division news here. Um, Charles Murphy from Murphy's Multiverse is reporting from two valid sources that one subplot in one division will take inspiration from a story in John Brin's West Coast Avengers Fission Quest. More specifically, it will take inspiration from the story beginning issue number 42, in which Vision goes missing. Wanda searches for him and eventually finds that he was taken, stripped to his metal frame, and had all of his data wiped, leaving him with no memories of Wanda. And this could also potentially be the how S.W.O.R.D. will be involved in this series. Joe, what do you think of this uh, subplot? You know, Vision's parts. You know, we, we didn't really know what happened to Vision's parts after Infinity War. Mm. And it was not addressed during Endgame. And we're going to find out here during One Division. Do you think it's like, this is a good subplot? Like, um, Wanda trying to find, uh, like, uh, different parts of Vision in different places? I, I think that it might be that she's not finding for his literal parts. I mean, you know, the only thing that was missing from Vision was the big giant glowing stone in his forehead. Oh, yeah. And the hole that Thanos crept out. What I could see, what I think would be interesting is if they take this concept on a more metaphysical level. So it's it's pretty much she's going through these different timelines because she's looking for that. Because it was teased in the film that there, there's a part of him in there that isn't connected to the Mind Stone. So she's pretty much going through the remnants to find that. And her powers are creating these universes. So it's kind of like, I think uh, Harley Quinn did a really good episode where they go into her mind and they're trying to find like her, her self-esteem. I could see it kind of being the reveal of this show is that that was the concept. So that they're at S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, Wanda's there, and they're pretty much trying to figure out what exactly is happening while she's in her in this mind space, creating these different crazy universes, let's say. Yeah, and so it's going to be very interesting to find out how all of this would play out when WandaVision premieres, hopefully this December. Who knows? I don't know when. <laughs> Charles, how about you? Um, there's, a, there's a running theory here that, you know, S.W.O.R.D. is directly involved in this. And do you think S.W.O.R.D. will go against Wanda or do you think S.W.O.R.D. will aid Wanda in finding Vision's parts? Look, it's so hard because when me and Charles were recording our other podcast, before we recorded, we spent like an hour just talking about the scoops we had and how much we wanted to share some of them. Mm-hmm. And we eventually decided on this this story. But for in, in order for us to run the story, we had to withhold some information about it. We, we have more information about this particular scoop that we cannot discuss. Yeah, so there's this stuff, this stuff. There's stuff I know that I really want to say that it's like, oh, wait till okay. you find this, this happens. <laughs> but I, I just can't. But I, I, I can't say, as, as Charles says in his says it wrote his article that Sword will play a part into this sort of this sort of adventure for Wanda in, in finding mm. Vision's parts. Um, Joe Joe brings up an interesting um sort of take on the the, the story, which I actually haven't considered until now. That it could be something in her mind. Uh, I'm personally not sure if that's the case or if it's a literal Easter egg hunt for Vision's body parts. But yeah, I, the biggest mm. question here is. Is how the hell did Vision's body get scattered since we last saw him in Infinity War? Because we yeah. last saw him, he was he was pale, he was gray, and he had a hole on his head. But you know, for the most part, he was intact. And I'm I'm pretty sure Cap didn't leave his corpse 
in Wakanda after Infinity yeah. War. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they brought that home and 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 buried it somehow. So I am curious what the hell happened to that to that body in the past mm-hmm. five years since the snap happened and and by the time Thanos gets defeated in Endgame. I'm curious. Did it get stolen? Did someone did someone steal it and sell it to you know black market? You know, all over it around the world because yeah. it is made of premium. It's a very, it's a very, rare, yeah. yeah, it's a very rare, you know, item. So, it, I am, I'm just super duper curious about it. I am wondering if whether Sword has it in the first place. It's, this is not part of the our, our the stuff we don't know. We we're also curious whether maybe Sword has. Mm. Has the body in the first place because again it is vibranium. It has a lot of special properties. Maybe they need it for some of their technology. But then again, I also don't see, you know, I also don't see that happening because that's the body of an Avenger. And you know, I'm pretty sure if Wanda finds out Sword has it, she'd fucking freak out. But then again, that might be the whole reason why the multiverse puts. Maybe she freaks out and finds out you guys were mm. have husband's body and you're not telling me you never told me it could be something like that so many questions again WandaVision continues to be the the, the craziest MCU property right now and this story has more questions than even us even though we have more answers to this this coup we're also left with more questions so super super exciting stuff just imagine the movie opens up with like old you have the scene with Wilson and old Captain America sitting there and he goes whatever happened to Vision you just see him go oh shit and just cuts to him like still laying there covered in moss yeah. <laughs> and like like the old the old Cap saying uh, no 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 I don't think I will tell you <laughs> I, I don't think I will tell you he's just still laying there I, I really I, hope that we also get a return of Ultron in some form because yeah. he was an important aspect of the character in the I, MCU, and I think it would be fantastic if they bring him somehow back. It would be a fun way to uh, for for Ultron to return through this through Vision, through Vision's body in a way, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, he's the stepfather. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the case, guys, one Division is going to be one of the craziest MCU projects that will premiere soon and can't wait to find can't wait to find out now moving on to another disney plus series we have two big news here for miss marvel it's been reported by insider charles murphy of murphy's multiverse that marvel studios is planning on finalizing finalizing casting for kamala khan the lead character of the disney plus miniseries miss marvel sooner rather than later Although her own solo series won't begin filming until November of this year, there is growing belief that Kamala will appear in another MCU project before her own series premiere. Okay, let's go to speculation ter- territory here. Miss Marvel will appear before her own solo Disney, Disney series is uh, kind of makes sense because, you know, this is MCU. Mm-hmm. It's a lo- long-spanning narrative. Joe... The question is, where do you think he will appear? Do you think he will appear in Spider-Man 3, Captain Marvel 2? Because this is a 20, 2022. They have a mm. 2022 release date. So there, there are shows and movies before that, before her own show. So where do you think she will appear? Um, I, I don't know why, but I'm slowly having the suspicion. Like, if you think about the projects that are coming, if it's coming out in 2022, there's not much to think about. And I think Spider-Man 3 really should be focused on Spider-Man more 
because you know he's on the run maybe she has a cameo but if they go from a story perspective I, this might this is a crazy theory right now but i could see her making an appearance at the end of falcon the winter soldier wow why <laughs> this is where i go I don't, I don't know why but i'm a little crazy with this the whole thing is that the original plot for the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers, what was talked about was a viral threat. What if that viral threat is the Terragenesis bomb? Oh, okay. Mm, okay. So now that's that, interesting. It, it would be one way to introduce the Inhumans indirectly, build it up, but like that the cast and crew, so the people that, that are trying to get this bomb active think it's a virus that'll kill people. And it ends up actually transforming people into inhumans. So it, it's 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 one way to kind of avoid the whole virus aspect that I think they were kind of reshooting. But at the same time, I think it would be a really good way because I my feeling is is that the the beginning of Miss Marvel will be like her normal life, and then the bomb hits and she transforms. Mm-hmm. But you know, where would you have the bomb hit? There's no reason in this universe for now to have where it could go off. And that I think would be the perfect way to kind of segue into it. You still have a big, like a big profile show to kind of build up to this new original character on a Disney plus side. And it's a continuous story on the Disney plus productions as well. So they kind of interween into each other like the movies did up till now with some callbacks to the film. So that can kind of cross wire. That's my theory. That's a very probably unlikely, <laughs> but it would be cool. <laughs> that, that, that totally makes sense. You know, if, if that viral bomb is like is going to be terrigen bomb, well, it's gonna it's it's gonna make sense. Charles, how about you? Where do you see Kamala Khan showing up before her series? I think the most logical one right now, at least um, story wise or character wise, is Spider Man Three. But I guess the problem with this is that you know with the Sony stuff with the with the right stuff and whatnot, I think it's going to be a lot more complicated than 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 said because I'm not quite sure how Sony is willing to add a, a character like this, a character that's not necessarily a name brand character like Iron Man. I mean, Kamala Khan being in Spider Man is surely going to be a hit for fans, but for general audiences, they probably won't give a fuck because they don't know who Kamala Khan is yet. Uh, but then again, you know, Kamala Khan is based on New Jersey. Peter Parker is in New York. It's a lot closer generally. There's a bit of intersect intersection there, especially they're they're both they're both very young. They're both you know kids and whatnot. So that's sort of where my mind goes to. But the Falcon and the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier theory of Joe is very very interesting. I also didn't think about the viral threat being a terrigen bomb that sort of the tour is going to create a new wave of, of, of powered people around yeah. The, uh, America. Yeah, I actually, I actually haven't thought about that. It's, pretty, it's a pretty interesting thought. I mean, yeah. if anything, if Kamala doesn't show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if that happens, if that Terrigen bomb does happen to show, I could mm-hmm. see that storyline, you know, overlapping with Captain Marvel's, at least, if, if Joe's mm-hmm. theory yeah. That's the, that's the way. That's how I'm seeing it. You know, Miss Marvel will be the uh, will open the floodgates for Inhumans to be introduced properly to the MCU. And now let's move on to one of my <laughs> favorite segments of the show, <laughs> the Shield Season Pass. We're gonna talk about 
season seven, episode nine, as I have always been. Before I say anything, before we move on, I would just say that this is my favorite episode of the entire show. I love it. <laughs> I love, even though someone died, we'll, we'll go to that later. I love it, like the chemistry, the the time. I, oh, I'm always a fan of time loops. You know, time uh, mm. of time-centered stories, time travel, time loops, everything. I just you know, and uh, being it. Adap- uh, having it adapted to a superhero show like uh, Ages of Shield and also Avengers Endgame in the past, it fascinates me because it had it opened up it op- it's opened up a lot of possibilities, and um, and this episode didn't disappoint. You agree, Joe? Yeah, it was a, a very very well done episode. <laughs> very very well done, and the comedic timing, uh, the heartfelt. <laughs> Uh, lines and uh, that uh, that looming um, message from Enoch in, at the end—it's a, a perfect combination. And um, let's break this. Let's break this down. So they're in the time. They're in a time. What, what's the term? They're, they're in a time vortex or something. Vortex. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're trapped there. And um, whenever time resets, they inch closer to the void. Like they're, they're they're going to be destroyed in time time space in space time, <laughs> so and Daisy's not really affected because she's in a she's in, she's in a chamber of some sort, and also Coulson is charging, <laughs> and um, we also saw very drastic fates for Mac in, during the first set of time loops because he Jesus. got blinded, and um, also. Someone tries to kill them, which we, which we discovered in the later part of the episode is Enoch, and it's it's a very 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 incredible writing, because it manages to up the stakes, even though they didn't, even though there's they're in a confined space in the Zephyr, and mm. with all that action, that humor and drama, and the, all at once, and this episode was directed by Simmons herself, Elizabeth Henstridge, and kudos to her for. This is really, you know, time loop time loop centered stories are really difficult to direct because yeah. there's there's always going to be a continue uh, the continuity, you know, uh, trying to establish that the lines and stuff like that, and she's also acting in this in, in this episode, so that's that's gonna make it make it hard for her. But she <laughs> pulled it off. What do you think about mm-hmm. uh, Hensridge directing and you know the overall episode? Um, as you said, this is not one of the easiest type of stories to tell because you can easily fall into a repetition that doesn't help. Uh, yeah. They did it incredibly well. Um, I have to say the timing on a lot of like these these moments were hilar- were very well done. Some of them were absolutely hilarious. Probably some of the funniest moments in the series. And it's still very emotional. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's I don't know if this is her first time directing, but... It's her first time. It's her first time. Uh, kudos. Uh, amazing stuff. And I think, like, like with the, some of the best episodes is when they're very close to what the actors are doing. And, you know, Clark, Clark uh, Gregg's own episode he directed were also really well done. So, yeah, I, I hope she gets to direct more because this was a fantastic start. And also in the past episodes, we've seen chemistry between Mac and Deke. And in the previous episode, we see the, the dynamic between Yo-Yo and May, and now we go yeah. back to the roots of Ages of Shield, which is focusing on a dynamic between Chloe Bennett and Clark Gregg, Daisy and Coulson, yeah. which has been really the core of this family, as Daisy pointed out. And 
you see that the relationship, the familiar relationship evolve over the years and it and the the chemistry between the two hasn't been front and center you know, ever since Colson has been in LM, LMD and this episode shows how seven years worth of chemistry is right there. Yeah. Like even even it doesn't turn off. Like it's right there and then, and it's I'm really fascinated like uh and the direct the writing creative choices of them being uh uh placed together as the two protagonists sort of of this episode like they're mm. trying to find out how to to help the team to get out of the funk in a way right what do you think of that um chemistry between Bennett and Greg they always had great chemistry uh the father daughter dynamic was what like you said is one of the driving things of the fran- of this series especially like with May as the mother figure and all that and it was great to see Agent Coulson as an LMD kind of humanized a bit more. And I think yeah. this is a huge, like, that was one of the huge storylines they're setting up with this. Because the poor guy probably saw everyone die repeatedly and is getting tired of it. <laughs> yeah. 200 times. Almost 100 times yeah. in the loop. And, you know, it has that adorable line that, you know, I've seen you die. I, I can't, I don't want to see it again. <laughs> You know, and, and the fun thing about him being an LMD is he's going back to the Coulson of season one. You know, the fun, fun-loving father <laughs> of the team. Yeah, he... Knows how to crack jokes, knows how to do comedic timing. <laughs> right? Yeah, he is a bit like, I mean, I think the advantage is, is he's not director anymore, so he doesn't have all that <laughs> weight burden. on his shoulders. Yeah, the burden, yeah. the responsibility. He, he's doing, I mean, Clark Rag has been always a... a probably the standout in general for this show and he's the entire reason it exists so it's it's so great to see him in his in his element it's just some hilarious moments i mean the moment where he gets yo-yo out of the helicarrier uh yeah, yeah. Of, yeah he gets out he just freaking goes oh, God damn it! <laughs> just cuts right off that was that was probably <laughs> one of my favorite moments plus the dark humor this time around like when they attack uh enoch yeah and just everyone's like half dead laying there. It's like, oh my God. is Jake dead? Shouldn't we be mourning him? And it just repeats again. <laughs> like, you know, I, I love that sequence. Like, um, they're trying to carve a plan to stop Enoch. And then uh, before that moment, like all of them tries to attack him. Before that moment, like he's like saying like, okay, we're going to call the cavalry now. We're going to call the rest of the team. Yeah. And then and that, and that sequence, that, that camera shot, like all of that, um, it's it's amazing. And when 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 they're trying, when they're half dead, as you as you said, and pretty entertaining to see. And I've had a lot of plot laps when I was watching that, and it's very. I I, I want to repeat that scene over and over again, and couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> oh my god! I just a lot of fantastic moments in this. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna talk about an intimate moment now. Because for the first time ever, Daisy kissed another person in the form of Daniel Sousa. I didn't see yeah. that coming. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of teased it. It's, it's kind of funny. She, she's kind of kissing her version of Captain America. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, do you th- I'm going to ask you, Joe. Do you think that this love affair, love story will uh, move forward? You know, especially when the season is ending. And they've kissed at the ninth episode with four episodes left to go. 
do you think that this will last or do you think that this is just a one-time thing I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think the kiss was in a time loop that continued. Yeah. Or at least I'm not sure. So, I, I don't know. The thing is, is I have no idea where they're going with this. Next week, they seem to be going back to the uh, main plot line that is, once again, very Inhumans-focused. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I Giving her track record, I doubt it's going to go well. Uh, you know, Daisy just never had the best of luck. I don't think we have another Lincoln on our hands. Mm-hmm. I, I at least hope not, because I think Seuss is such a great character. He deserves a, a bit more of a send-off. Please not. But, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It's it's really difficult, because they could go either way with this, pretty much at this point. Yeah. And um, I hope this will this will be addressed in some way in the next few episodes. Uh, mm. Let's talk about the MVP of the episode, which is, of course, Joel Stoffer as Enoch. I, fantastic, yeah. Fantastic, top, top-notch performance yeah, for his last episode. I don't know if he will return in some way, but I think this will be his last episode of the series ever. And, uh, my God, his speech at the end caught me. I shed a tear, honestly, when I was watching it for the first time. <laughs> And, uh, but, well, during that, but, during that episode... Um, I mean that scene where he talks about mm. this will be your last mission. You need to cherish it. Uh, your friends will live, but the team will not continue. It's like a, uh, it's like a tease in the end of, of the series. Like this team will break up. I mean, this team will go in their separate ways after this final mission. Uh, how do you think that it will totally affect? Do you think will do you think Daisy and Coulson will tell that to the team? In the next episode, like, hey guys, it's our final mission. Enoch told us this thing. Or do you think that it will disrupt the dynamic, or did disrupt the mission in, in a way? Um, you know, I don't think they're gonna say anything. Uh, or you know, I I think they're not gonna take it serious. And the, one thing I'm I'm unsure about is that pretty much the scene says you all are gonna survive. Yeah, that's odd. That that's a very odd thing to specifically reveal, because in in some way you could argue, okay, that takes away all the tension. They're gonna survive anyway. I, I don't think he's he he really means like they're all gonna survive per se. I, I guess they're all gonna have like some kind of moments of of happiness. But yeah, the, it was pretty. I, I think it's on the, a bit on the nose that it was like, oh, it's your last mission because the whole season is called that. And with <laughs> marketing, it's the final season of the show. What I, I'm curious about is why. Like, why will this be? Because they've had enough reasons to be like, okay, this is our last mission. What makes this specifically the last time they can hang out? Yeah, yeah, and we can. Go on, go on. I, I just have a feeling that something's gonna happen that either drives them apart. So like I like we had that moment with Simmons where she started crying out, and I have a feeling that whatever happened to Fitz, who's still not here, you know, he still did not show up. Yeah, I'm gonna point that out later. Still not here, nine episodes in, he's not a serious regular anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. a It's an really interesting weird. decision, it, but I just slowly I I get the feeling that a lot of them are not going to return to the to their main timeline. 
This is my theory right now. Okay. So I have a feeling they're going to be split up. I have a feeling Sousa's going to either go back to his original time or live on in some other version where he becomes a cop in New York. I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm still hoping for that. Me too. <laughs> but, you know, something's off. It, it seems to... For Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was too on the nose. Really? Yeah, it's really on the nose. It's, uh, why, why do you do that? Like, I mean, it's not a spoiler in a way, but it's like kind of feeding the audience and, hey, we're not going to die. Like, the team is not going to die in a way that we're not going to... Uh, be a, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to uh, survive this, but we are going to survive this because this is our final mission and, you know, it is a happy ending. But as we all know, in Angels of Shield, not everything, not everything is a happy ending. Uh, you mentioned that it will be uh, something uh, like being separate in a different timeline because that, that kind of makes sense because, you know, this team already saw various deaths in the past, right? Like, they didn't stop missions yeah. after, the, after those deaths. So <laughs> I think that in some way, this, this is a time-centered story that them being, being stuck in another timeline kind of makes sense in a way. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I still think that this season should end in the Avengers, uh, the original timeline from the Avengers film, and I mean, if they manage to even be in the timeline that was during Endgame, where everything keeps getting changed around, that'd be even more hilarious. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's so weird. It's it's weird because we still had a, a perfect ending two seasons ago. <laughs> I love that ending. But it's it's like it, it's a fantastic ending. So like the question is, what does this mean? Where are they gonna go? It, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really really interesting. Can't wait to find that out. And for the love of God, no fits yet. Come on, guys. It's <laughs> we're in double digits already <laughs> for the episodes, and it yeah. hasn't known yet for some some reason and I, I'm tired of speculating how he will show up I just, I just wish he shows up in a way and yeah it's I love that you point episodes yeah former episodes I love that you pointed out that Simmons is crying when her implant was removed and it's, like she's saying oh, no Fitz no some, some, something must have happened to him mm. yeah this won't end well this will not end well I, for Fitz not for the team According to Eno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe rating. One, one, one being the lowest, five being the highest. What's your rating for this episode? I think I know your rating. Uh, this is a 4.5 to, to a 5 for me. Okay. Why? Because of the action of the heartfelt scenes? Because of, it's, it balances everything so well that I don't think a lot of TV shows have done till now. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that that deserves a lot of praise. Plus, has some of the funniest moments. Uh, I love Coulson getting fed up with everything. Probably one of the most hilarious thing ever is just seeing him tired of everyone's shit. And I'll be honest, bonus points for Deke is dead, but no one seems to care. That was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Joe, I just want to point it out that you mentioned last week. Uh, is it me or you? But we, okay, let's say we. We mentioned last week we. that during the time loop, the opening logo will repeat, and we are correct. <laughs> That's why. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we are correct that it come it came up twice during the episode. That's a very entertaining nice. uh, time loop plot. My mm-hmm. my rating for this one is 
five. I love this. This is an episode that that's worth repeating. I loved the Agents of Shield episode mm. this week. I would repeat it no matter how many times because that scene where they're, where they're trying to attack Enoch is gold for me. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I can't uh, wait. We're, 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 poor, poor, poor Daisy constantly getting just shoved against that one door. <laughs> yeah, and poor Deke. They, they don't care about Deke. <laughs> They're just sad. <laughs> Should we be sad? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, props to that. And uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. All right. Uh, please do follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. Uh, at that uh, bell, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. You can follow me at CFS Villanueva. I hope you guys are staying safe. Last shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Please do head over to our website at www.mcaexchange.com. You can also follow us on Twitter for your comments, suggestions, and violent reactions. I don't know. Twitter.com slash Exchange. You can also go have over to our YouTube page. That's MCU Exchange for all the latest MCU videos brought to you by Charles. Amazing editing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see you next week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. This has been me, Aaron, Joe, and Charles for the MCA Change Podcast, episode 29. Stay safe, guys. <laughs>